Congratulations, you found it. This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. Shouldn't we start out with a little holiday cheer first? Jingle bells, jingle bells. Let it snow, let it snow, <laughs> let it snow. And you know why I switched? Because it's, it's snowing. snowing in Oklahoma City. Yes. Well, just slightly. Just a Just enough. a, just a uh, what we call a dry snow in Wyoming. Yes. Just very f- fluffy and... And it's blowing like crazy out there, and people are idiots. Yep. Actually, the roads weren't that bad. No. People weren't driving too bad. I mean, I actually went the speed limit, which doesn't really? happen very often, but and people were going around me. <laughs> you actually went the speed limit, which means you drove normally for a change? Right. Speed demon. I didn't, you know, tailgate anyone, cut anyone off. I it went was... really slow the whole time, just out of paranoia, and it was great. <laughs> Pissed everybody off behind me. <laughs> Well, I have a new car, so I was a little bit of a pain in the ass on my way here. By the way, it's blue. I saw it in the parking lot. See, everybody, there was this big debate in the office going on around my new car, which is sort of a, I would call it a gunmetal blue. Yeah. Or a smoky blue. It's like a really kind of tealish, not even really tealish. It's like a neutral blue. It's not like a more like a, it's a Mazda something. Like a darker ice blue. Yeah, it's... but it, you know what? It is not gray. And no, Heather was looking at it out the window the other day. I said, look at my new car. She said, which one? I said, it's the blue one right there. And way down the row, there was a screaming um, electric blue vehicle. She goes, that's really sporty. And I'm like, no, n- not down there. This one. She goes, that's not blue. <laughs> that's gray. <laughs> so thank you, Nicole. You're welcome. I don't feel like complete. Also, I realized it was blue in the dark. So that's we need even... to give Heather some serious yeah. shit over that. Well, maybe the sun was shining on it just right. No, and she it was see not. It. And there were other cars in the parking lot, and I said, "Okay, see those cars over there? Those are all gray." She goes, "No, they all look the same." <laughs> like, maybe she's colorblind. You need to get your eyes checked. Okay, so you were saying you brought us a present. I did bring you a present. Okay. It's kind of spill. You guys can you guys can um, figure out who wants which one, but I made these. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's it's crocheted. That's it's a crochet awesome. pillow. It says book love uh, or book heart. Book heart. Oh, and wow. then, oh, that is really awesome. Then I made and the other one is pink and black. Pink and black because you know I wanted it to look. Not we'll take a picture of these and post them on our Facebook. So old ladyish. Page. So you know I try to make oh, it super awesome. cool colors. Yay. And then it's awesome. supposed to be like a book with a three and a G in it. I don't know if you can see it. Three G. I like that. Yep. Well, we'll take those. Thank you. You can look at it closer. That's very want. sweet. <laughs> I will in a minute. You can take a nap. But you guys can. Bonnie's a crocheting genius. And if you don't like them, that's okay. Oh, we need these just... on the overnights. That way you can sit there. They're really soft, too. <laughs> oh, yes. I suppose I should introduce our guest. <laughs> we have a guest in the studio today. The only member of our group that has not 
Who's a Y es- chromosome? Who's not oozing estrogen <laughs> at the moment. I'm sure everyone could tell by the voice yes. that it's not another one. So introducing Daryl Prather. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Daryl. Thank you. Daryl is an absolutely brilliant artist who has created for us a logo. And it's really cool. You'll be able to see it on our page and on our SoundCloud and everything soon. So if you want a really cool artist, you got to check out Daryl. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank Although you for I that. think I suck at times. You do not suck. You <laughs> totally not suck, you guys. We all love you. Oh, thank you. Daryl also works on the cat, by the way. Yeah. He's in the building with us radio people, and he's a reader, yep. which is super awesome. Every time I get a hold of another reader, I'm like, come on! <laughs> I just, there's something about going into a bookstore in a library where it's just like, oh, uh, 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 oh yeah. Oh, man. Look, you have a little, smell of books. Have a little bookgasm there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I mean, was doesn't everybody? Book-gasm. I mean, it's just like, where do I go first? What do I look at first? I mean, you know, it's just, you walk there's in so and much. Just like, oh. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, instead of a man cave, I want a library. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want a man cave. Stop, I want a library. You're turning all these book geeks yeah, on with, over here. With, with a comfortable chair. And, you know, I don't care if there's a fireplace, but, yeah, you know, just a comfortable a chair fireplace. and adequate lighting. Yeah. Yeah. Adequate yeah. lighting, that's a nice touch. Adequate yes. lighting. If you have a yeah. fireplace, it's just drafty and you have to clean it after you burn. Right. Yeah, so. and every all your books get smoky, bad, bad. Yeah. yeah. And okay. what I hate is when my ex-wife, I was on a trip with her and she was driving. I was just reading a Stephen King novel and she kept telling me to get my nose out of the book. I'm like, <gasps> why? Well, no I wonder mean, you divorced her ass. <laughs> we're traveling. Sorry, we're dr- really you're mean. driving. I'm a passenger. We're not talking. You're listening to the radio. That's a deal breaker right there. I was like, tell me to get my nose out of the book. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Sit there and go, wow, look at that tree. Wow, there's another tree. Oh my God, the scenery is so nice. <laughs> We're only Stop going to Tulsa. And talk to me, and then you t- turn your, bu- you know, quit reading your book, and they just don't talk but to you. But you know what I do? You're I, like, I, okay, I, I do a great read. thing. I pretend like I'm paying attention. See, because I got my phone here, and I got one earbud in on this side that's away from, so they can't see that I'm not really listening. <laughs> so I can listen to my book, and then if they ask me a question, I go, oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah? Uh-huh. See, my, my current wife, she's a book reader also, and... The other night, where she so was you sitting did a, better the second time. Yeah. Okay. So I was sitting there reading comic books, and she's watching Gilmore Girls, and I'm sitting there reading a comic. God, this is a snarky show. <laughs> like, put it down, watch for a minute. Uh-huh. Wow, man, they're pretty. I, I don't watch the Gilmore Girls. I it's, love that freaking show. Do you? It's Jesus. pretty funny, but you know. I was like, why are you, don't get me hooked into another show. <laughs> so comic books is one of the things you read. Yeah. But we're going to hit on uh, the, I guess it's a very topical um, topic right now. Topical topic. That's pretty redundant. <laughs> uh, because the opening of the Star Wars movie was last night. So Daryl's going to talk about a Star Wars book. But first, yep. we have to start out like we normally would with one of the book girls doing her thing. Vani. Uh, this is one of the books that has been on the up-and-coming lists for quite some time and is a historical fiction novel that's very popular at the moment. Right, and it actually won a Pulitzer Surprise... Or Pulitzer Surprise. <laughs> Pulitzer Surprise. <laughs> hey, surprise, you got a Pulitzer. Oh, my God, I think I just beat my Because pants. I didn't know that until oh, I pulled it up. Pulitzer Surprise. God, Ronnie, I love you so much. 
<laughs> it's the winner of a Pulitzer Prize, which I did not know until I just pulled it up because I just downloaded it and listened to it. <laughs> Surprise. We're going to have to say that every time now, you know. <laughs> and it's called All the Light We Cannot See. And it's um, it takes place during World War II. And uh, it's more of a, the emotional side of World War II. World War Two, kind of like the book thief was, emotional as in as weepy. In, well, I mean, it's or, not exactly a you know upbeat book. It well, is a little I, bit. Yeah, I didn't expect it would down, be down. But whose like, perspective does it come from? A soldier, um, family. It's told in third person, and it's about two different kids that grow up during World War Two, and one of them, Werner is an orphan he lives in a coal mining town and his dad dies in the mines and i guess his mom died a long time ago and him and his sister are living in an orphanage oh bummer and when he turns 14 they send him to the nazi youth oh so this takes place in germany in germany right okay so this isn't from american side point of view it's from the german well, which the it's book from, thief was from yeah, the book thief was from the German perspective right. as well, oh, okay. which well, is probably why the it's from the German and the front the French oh, side okay. of you right. because the other life that it follows, the other little girl that it follows, is um, a little girl who's about the same age. I think she might be a, just a little bit younger, but she's blind, and so therefore the light we cannot see. Right, oh, I get it. Okay, and um, she. Her dad works for a museum, and he's like the janitor, locksmith. He takes care of all of that stuff. And um, one of the things that he does a lot of is he makes models of the town that they live in so that his daughter can kind of study the model and know where things things are in the town. Because she wasn't born blind. She became blind when she was about, I think she was like 11 or so. That is so, so cool. So you, he creates 3D maps for her so that she can feel her way around the town so she can become familiar. Right. And wow, they, live in, cool. they live in France. And um, he also makes her puzzle boxes. And every year he makes her a puzzle box on her birthday. And she has to figure out how to open this puzzle box to get her present that's on the inside. Oh, cool. So he's he's no, very... No, one of those puzzle boxes doesn't open the door to hell, does it? <laughs> oh, no, that's a different book. Well, yeah, getting... that's, that's, a, that's a Hellraiser film, but the, very good. No, but it, is, it was a book before. What was the book? Do you remember? Oh, uh, no, it's it's a different title than Hellraiser, but... We'll have to look that up. We'll yeah. Google it and come back to it. Mm-hmm. You cracked me up. Okay, well, so just, puzzle... you know, you start talking about puzzle boxes, like, <laughs> I'm automatically going, hey, put Pandora's box. Don't you know? open it. <laughs> well, it's fun for her. And she's also a reader, and her dad will get her Braille books, a lot of Braille books for her to read, even after they're not allowed to have books. Oh, he, yeah, because there's a lot of censorship that goes on in Germany at, right, during the war. Right, and it actually shows a lot of the censorship that does happen and a lot of the brainwashing that they do with the kids in the Nazi youth and everything else. It mm. This book, sh- you know, has incidences that happen that show how they did that. Ugh. Yeah, it's a little graphic in places. It's 
Well, anytime you're burning books, man, that's my soul right there. Don't do yeah. that. Yeah. And um, the, when the Germans first come into France to occupy France, they go to the museum to get anything that's worth any money. Oh. And um, what the museum does is one of the most precious items that they have, um, they make three replicas of it. And they give it to three different peoples, and they give the main one to somebody different, and everybody goes different places. So that way, the object, what, what, what was the object? Um, it's a diamond that's worth uh, 20 million francs. Whoa. And it's, it's like a blue diamond that they call, I want to say it's like the flames of the sea, because it's a blue diamond, and it has like, um, it almost looks like there's Inclusions. fire inside. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Cool. But so he leaves his home because he's one of the recipients of either the original or a replica and he flees to his great uncle's house who's agoraphobic he's afraid to leave his house oh, I'd be afraid to leave my house right then too <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> so the Germans are looking for everybody who looks who has worked in this museum because they want to find oh. all the duplicates and the original, obviously, because it's worth so much money. Right. And um, Don't tell us if they find it. because well, I'm not going to because... But that gives you the suspense of the okay. book. And while on the other side of the story, uh, Vernon, who is an orphan, not schooled at all, but he's extremely, extremely smart. And he finds books about mathematics oh. and he reads them and he understands the formulas. He's just automatically knows it. And he um, if he figures out just by looking at the pieces how to fix radios. Whoa. So he becomes everybody start in the town starts going to this little 14 year old boy to fix their radios. Wow, that's cool. So yeah. A little prodigy. Mm-hmm. Little little genius. And so when they send him to the Nazi youth and they figure out that he's this smart, that he can listen to transmissions and um, make the formula to figure out where that transmission's coming from in his head, they fub his paper so that he's 18 when really he's 16 at this point, And they send him to the front line of the army. Oh, dude. Of the German, of the Nazi army. Does that have anything to do with the Enigma devices they used during World War II? Good question. Probably, they probably don't mention that. No, oh, they don't mention they don't. that. I, well, I was trying to think, and I don't remember them mentioning anything about it. Hmm. But what you find out is the connection between the little blind girl, uh, Laura Moore or Laura Dune. I can't remember her Laura name. Laura somebody. Yeah. Um, and the little German boy is that he used to, he souped up his radio so that he could pick up transmissions, illegal transmissions, and the little girl's uncle is extremely smart, and he used to send out illegal transmissions, and they were like scientific facts and just like an educational thing and he used to listen to it all the time because he was so intent on learning all of this oh okay so that's the connection right you and know, i was gonna say that's that's kind of like a common plot device in 
because they did that in comic books, like in X Men two thousand ninety nine. Did they? Um, with corporations taking over and everything kind of just becoming controlled, uh, one of a de facto leader would send out little bits of truth and kind of hack in. It's just like in the movie Johnny Mnemonic. You know, they'd hack into the system and you know give you little bits of truth, and then the corporations would just try to find out where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. so I mean, yeah. it just it's seems like cool, a similar though, how, plot device to use. Yeah, but it's kind of cool though how the boy is then going to work for right. the Nazis, and, and he finds where that signal is coming from that he used to listen and to. He probably doesn't tell him, does he? He doesn't. Yes, he doesn't tell him, and by not telling him, of course, you know that's treason. He could right. die for it, but he doesn't tell him because he. He goes to the house, he stalks the house, and he sees the little girl come out, and he doesn't want the little girl to die. So he, does, he doesn't tell his superiors. He tells his superiors that he can't find the transmission signals, the antennas, hmm. which he actually can't because the uncle hid it so well when he right. set up the radio. But, of course, this little boy is so smart, he figures it out. Right. It's pretty cool. So what did you think of it? That's the big question. Oh, I loved it. I would give it a five. You if, think I would like it? If you like the book thief, I think you would. Okay. Because I mean, it sounds good. I mean, no, is this historical fiction then? Historical yeah. fiction, yeah. I read a weepy, lot of historical it? fiction. It's not too weepy, is it? It does have some sad um, parts in it, but nothing overwhelmingly depressing so far. You know, you don't feel like you want to go slit your wrists after you read it. <laughs> no, because I freaking hate that. No, I mean it's sad, obviously, because yeah, they're in occupied yeah. France, and well, the book thief was sad too. But right, but there's enough of a story there that you know that, that when you're reading it, you're like, "What's going to happen? What's going to happen to these two little kids? Are they going to make it? Are they going to?" You know, are they are the Nazis going to find him and kill him? Are they going to find out that he's lying about this transmission? I, I like mean, Indiana Jones Jr. Yeah, yeah, kind of maybe. The only thing that bit. was a little bit difficult about this novel is that it jumped around in time periods. So oh. sometimes it would take me a minute to figure if out. If you're listening to audio, yes, yeah, that is an issue because when they when they time jump in a written book. You see it at the top of the page. Right. But in audio, or, you don't. Or they change the text a little bit so that you know that you're switching. Mm-hmm. Oh, when you're okay. listening to it, a lot of times you don't even, your brain doesn't react the same way when it switches and it takes you a couple minutes to. Yeah. You're listening to it and you're like, wait a minute. So I you listen the... to this on audio then? Right. Yeah. On okay. audio. You listen to it and you're like, wait, I thought they just said five minutes ago that that guy died. Oh, okay. Wait. They time went jump. back in time. <laughs> Let me jump in my time machine. Okay, I'm there. But <laughs> that's a uh, Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, they need to have special effects. Then you know, okay, we're having a time. You know, we're... <laughs> yeah, don't you wish? <sighs> and again, this is called "All the Light We Cannot See" by Anthony Door. 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 Nicole, what did you read this week? No, wait, no, wait. It's me. Are you we going to you? Okay, I'm sorry. Martha, what did you read this week? <laughs> I tried to jump to Nicole before me. No, Nicole gets the ending today. Oh, okay. Nicole gets the ending. Okay, well, this book, 
that I read is called Underground Airlines. And it's kind of hard to put it in a genre because it's kind of like science fiction-ish fantasy because it's an alternate uh, history. Mm-hmm. So what they've done is they took um, they took the past and monkeyed with it so that Abraham Lincoln was shot too early to get rid of slavery. Mm-hmm. And the, they put in the Constitution an unchangeable section that made it impossible to abolish slavery, which I can tell you right now, this was not an easy book to read. And what was it called again? All. It's called Underground Airlines okay. by Ben Winters. It was horribly difficult to read because, wow. Depressing? Ugh. Well, I mean, think about it, okay? Think about four states. They call them the hard four. Deep South, where slavery is legal. Yeah. Now, now is this slavery, slavery slavery towards black people yes. or can anybody be no, a slave? Slavery towards black people. And those four was... states are basically run by big corporations who are using slave labor to produce products and and services or whatever. And I mean, that's just that's not really what the story's about. The story is actually the main character is sort of like a bounty hunter, mm-hmm. but the twist is he's black. Ooh! So they're using leverage against him because he's a f- sort of semi-freed slave, and in the other states there are black people who are free. But so why so, is he just semi-free? Well, because he escaped. And they caught him later, but then they said, okay, you can be free on these conditions. You have to go catch all the people who escape and bring them back. So See, he basically is turning on his own. Exactly. Mm-hmm. See, they did that in X-Men also. Did but they? instead of black people, they used mutants to hunt other mutants down well, yeah. in the future. Yeah, I actually mm. knew about that. Yeah. This one is really, oh my gosh talk about hard to read because it bounces back you hear a little bit about his past and how he grew up in one of these slave uh, corporations or whatever and some of the relationships that he's had but he sort of blocks all that out because it was such a horrible time for him so was it violent or was it just kind of mental abuse physical abuse it was you know, it didn't go into a lot of detail when it came to that kind of thing. Right. Um, it was mostly just the idea that they weren't free, that they were they were property. They were tattooed, you know, so that they couldn't get away right. from the government. And those they were owned by the companies. Mm-hmm. So there was no way ever to be free, which is just horrible. And He's, of course, he's obviously wrestling with what he's doing. Right. Because he sees all of these lives that he's ruining, but at the same time, he's trying to gain his own freedom. Mm-hmm. He has to keep doing it in order to gain his own freedom. Now, is he, does he have to do this for so long before he is free, or does he have to do this his whole life? They ha- he has to earn a certain, I don't know what it is, what, what his 
exact thing is. I I was too caught up in the plot to even really pay attention to that, you know, because I'm like, ooh. And the other cool thing that they did is they took it um, and they, one of the guys that he was tracking, he could tell something was off about the whole thing because he'd, he'd been through this um, process a lot of times. And his handler, the guy that would give him the cases and stuff, would usually give him lots of details so that he could, you know, find the people. Well, he was really, they were real weird about the file. And he's like, something is not quite right here. Something's off. And his handler's like, you have to find this guy or you're dead. You know, and so he does some digging and he finds out something about this person mm-hmm. that is just heart stopping, heart stopping, heart stopping about why this this person is so important. This is this is the kind of book that has an ending that just I was bummed out for a couple of days after this. <laughs> you know, I was like, God, can you imagine having to live in a time like that? Am I glad that everything is the way it is. God, yes. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine trying to go through life knowing that there were other human beings being treated like that. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, having said that, it was really a powerful book, and I would highly recommend it to anybody, black or white, because it deals with a lot of different issues. It makes you think. Um, and it was very well written as well mm-hmm. now living in that time you'd probably think there was nothing wrong because that would be your way of life well the goofy thing is is all the people in the upper states were very against it did they go into that part of how yes, other people I mean, in the other states it, felt it was about like that? normal except for you know people would boycott these certain products or whatever because they were created in the By slave hard labor war is what they called it and so they would make a big deal about not participating in that because of where the products were produced. Sort of like we do if we find out that, you know, XYZ on. clothing person, you know, company is using sweats, sweatshops to produce their clothing. Mm-hmm. It's a similar type thing that they kind of touch on a little bit where people could like justify being okay with having this happening, which, of course, there's no way to justify it. But the Constitution actually had slavery written into it permanently, which is just, I can't imagine a world in which that would be allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. I really can't. I can't even, because as well, other countries didn't like us because of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. other countries obviously got rid of slavery as well. Right. Right. So, I don't know. That is a huge human rights well, issue right there. Yeah. It was a brilliantly written novel in that it took something. I've read alternate history uh, books previously, which were really good. One in particular, which dealt with what, had, what would have happened if um, Hitler had, if Germany had won the war. You know, mm-hmm. how the U.S. would have been different after that. Mm-hmm. And that was good. And don't ask me the damn title because, of course, I can't think of it right now. But um, it's fascinating to see how a writer can take something like that, an event or a history, and let their imagination completely remake the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that part of it was super cool. I think that's the best part about being a writer. 
Yeah, is, because you get you, know, you can create something from, from but from you know something that's already happened, and people will probably know. You know, you don't have to go into so much detail, right? Yeah, you because know, exactly. I read a lot of stuff that's um, pertaining to writing and storytelling in general. And one of the things they said is to not leave out the infrastructure of your world. Right. Mm-hmm. To make it more believable, you know, put a type of infrastructure in where they're getting the water power and whatnot from right. it. You know? Right. That, with a thing like this, it's it's built in. You already yeah. know. But the key things were obviously, they go over that. And some of the outcome of this particular, particular novel was really, I can't talk about it because it would be a spoiler, but. Yeah. Um, the, once again, the title of the book was Underground Airlines by Ben Winters. Probably one of the best books of the year. I this, probably won't read it again ever. When was this written? It was this year. I think. Oh, it's a brand new book? Yeah. Okay. I could be wrong. Maybe it was last year. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it was this year. Um, there are books that are favorites that I'll read again and again. This is mm-hmm. not one of them because it was just so hard to read. Right. But it was great. But powerful enough that... and. A well, it was a very, good enough book that you thought about it for days after you got done. I thought about it for days, and I was bummed out for days thinking well, about it. It just sounds like there's still an impact. How? When? When? When did you read it? God, th- two or three weeks ago. Yeah, I remember you telling because me about it when you read we had, it. I had to put stuff on hold because we did October, you know, and I was reading books during that whole time, October, and because the books that I read in October. I had to talk about those in November, right? And so on and so on. So I sort sort of have a backlog. So it was probably I don't know, maybe three four weeks ago that I read it. Yeah, I mean, Martha reads Martha reads like three books a week. I do. I read t- two to three books a week. I don't have that every time week. Time. Like, yeah, oh, it's man. just what I do. I'm just a very fat Nicole. You've been very quiet over there. I'm yeah. just listening. Sorry. <laughs> Hello, Nicole. Is there anybody over there? You should have gotten an extra shot in that in that coffee over there. Probably. <laughs> Except I've literally been drinking like coffee all day. I've not had anything else to drink. Oh, really? So probably about we my... should be peeling you off the ceiling, girl. <laughs> Drink cup or something like that. <laughs> Maybe she's shaking so fast that she's quiet. That reminds me of an episode of Resident. Futurama where Fry drank 100 cups of oh, coffee God, in her throat. Futurama. <laughs> it was just like, oh, and now yeah. it's good. Wow, now I'm faster than everybody else. All right. <laughs> okay, Daryl, it's your time to shine, baby. The it's time to Star shine. Wars week. In the world, because Rogue One opened officially a couple of days ago. Yeah, and I haven't seen it yet, so... Well, ne- neither have I, but... Uh, my wife wants to go see it the day after, on the 26th, the day after Christmas, so uh, we're yeah. planning to go see it then. The thing about it is, everybody knows, I can't give any spoilers away about it because everybody knows the story. That's very true. I mean, you know the whole story in general. Uh, the book I'm talking about is Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader, and this takes place between Star Wars Three: The Revenge of the Sith, and um, years before Star Wars Four: A New Hope. So mm-hmm. this is right as he becomes Darth Vader when he's just first put into the armor, mm-hmm. and it starts off with after Revenge of the Sith, he's been in this armor for maybe less than six months. Okay, and this is after he has, like, most of his whole body burned yeah. away by, what yeah. is it, lava? Yeah, his body, right. well, his arms and legs, except for his robotic arm, were cut off by Obi-Wan oh, at the yeah, end yeah, of yeah. Revenge of the Sith. 
Yeah. So I just remember lava and thinking, yeah. In Whoa. his body, he was on Mustafar, which is a lava planet, which mm-hmm. burned the rest of his body. I mean, burned it beyond. He should have been dead, but mm-hmm. with the dark side of the force and Palpatine getting there in a certain amount of time, he was able to save the essence of Darth Vader. Uh-huh. But it killed off Anakin Skywalker mm-hmm. because it was so much pain and hate and hate that he just killed that aspect off. Wow. Now this just in the book deals with him in his new position as Darth Vader and the trouble the how people viewed him. Mm-hmm. And how he viewed the armor and how poorly made it was, mm-hmm. you know, and it goes into so the it's like aspects wearing a full, of like wearing a full body prosthetic. Yeah. And, and it, it was, goes into his breathing, how it interrupts his he doesn't sleep because he can't because mm-hmm. of the breathing respirator. Maybe that's why he's so cranky. Yeah. No, I think he made him cranky anyway. Yeah, well, <laughs> but I think I'd everything. be cranky if my most of my body got burned off by hot lava and right. my arms got lopped off by a sword. <laughs> and he just he hates everything about himself. He hates the fact that you know he couldn't save the one he wanted, mm-hmm. you know, which was Padme. Yeah, which he couldn't save her. So now he's pissed at that. He's just in general not very happy. But yet he's empowered by it because. He's given this new position, and it's just it starts with him hunting down some rogue Jedi Knights from Order 66, Mm -hmm. and the power struggles he goes in between there as far as, you know, hunting them down than how people view them. You know, he's got inferior, his lower officers not giving him the respect, Mm -hmm. so he has to not really earn it. He just forces it from him. He just mm-hmm. makes an example and says, don't mess with me. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know who I am, but yet I am, you know, number two in control. Mm-hmm. So it goes on about that. Then it also follows on to, um, he goes back to Alderaan and meets with one of the senators who has Leia. Mm-hmm. Now he's afraid Vader's going to recognize Leia in the droids. And he's like, what's he doing on Alderaan? Well, he's tracked all these Jedi Knights who have gone to there. Oh. You know, and the story also deals with the starting of the rebellion, how the senators felt, how the center of Alderaan felt, you mm-hmm. know, because basically the emperor just took over. Mm-hmm. And there's 22, I think there was like 2,200 signatures saying, no, we want to go back to the Republic. Mm-hmm. And Palpatine's cool. like, nope, not going to happen. And so Vader's kind of there to show some force behind Palpatine. So basically, if you're a huge Star Wars fan, there are some books out there for you to read. Oh, yeah. There's books, comic books with Vader. I mean, there's just, there's so much source material. And that's one of the things I kind of was upset with Disney when they made The Force Awakens is they weren't, they weren't sticking to the expanded universe is Mm -hmm. what everything was built on. It's called the EU, the expanded mm-hmm. universe, and there's where all the comics and books come from. Well, mm-hmm. you know they never stick to it when they right. go to the movie. It's just, but the way it's it also is. nice because we're getting a new story. True. We're not getting stuff True. that it's like. Well, I read the graphic novel. I read that book. I've already read that. Oh, I already right. know this. Mm-hmm. With Force Awakens, it's like, oh, okay, we're taking this in a different direction. But it's like mm. you better make it good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like because you got a lot to live up to. Right. Yeah. So it's what like, was the name don't of, disappoint me. 
So what was the name of the book again? Um, Darth Vader, The Rise of the Dark Lord. No, Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader and by James Luceno. James Luceno. Mm-hmm. And what what would you give it on the scale of one to five? I'd give it a five. I loved it. Of course, I'm a big fan of Star Wars, too. No, really? <laughs> and I know. Now, I have a friend who's a big Star Wars fan, actually my friend's husband is and um he's read the books and of course watched all the movies right and when they had um the first one out in theaters like i don't know like five years back or so phantom menace um whatever the first one is the first the first one after the first the, uh, yeah three. not the ones from the 80s but so oh, the first of the where anakin is like a little boy yeah, yeah. Okay. okay the phantom menace okay um, there were parts of it that I didn't understand, but when I talked to him, he could explain it to me because it's stuff that was in the book, but not in the movie. Right. Did you find that with your Star Wars reading and watching of the movies? Um, it is just, you know, with Revenge of the Sith and watching Star Wars A New Hope, you're like, he's still in the suit. It's like, why is he still in that suit? Well, this kind of goes into why, you know, um, and what he does to improve the suit. So it kind of explains it a little it bit explains more. a little bit, you know, and there's other books who would probably expound on it. Mm-hmm. But this one, it gives the reader an insight to Vader's inside it's, his psyche. It's always interesting. And Vonnie and I have talked about this. And Nicole, too. Have you read Wicked? Not yet. Okay. You gave it to me to read. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's another one where you 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 get an inside to the, quote, villain right. mm-hmm. of the story. This was from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay. Wicked is the life and times of the Wicked Witch of the West. Right. And so this you would get be to the... see right. behind the curtain and the point of view of this person who and that's is what vilified. This is. Right. right. And this so is what this is, is his troubles of, you know, getting adjusted to the suit. Yeah. And... He's not in the respiratory system, the eating, you know, the mm-hmm. fluids, you know, like mm-hmm. urine, feces, how yeah. that's taken care of. And when he moves the suit, <laughs> you'll get sparks off the suit. You know, he's like, this is just a poorly designed piece of crap. Yeah. It's well, like getting your first car and going, I hate this. Yeah. I don't want to drive this thing. Now I got to fix it. Yeah. Yeah, but so, it is always good to get a perspective of right. another perspective of the same story. I like a good doing thing that. when you do get that perspective, but it's still if especially if you're a big fan of a certain genre or a certain storyline, it's nice to be able to go, "Okay, right. I've got all sides here. Yeah. I then can when see you the get, full universe instead of just this tiny little yeah. snapshot. Then when you mm-hmm. get into like the original Star Wars and you see him just moving around, you see all the command he powers and all this just like, you know, they're sitting there. Um, one of the governors or generals says this new Death Star is is no, is nothing, we have nothing to be scared of. And he's like, Vader's like, nothing is more powerful than the Force, or, you know, and the guy goes, well, you're holding on to some superstition. Next thing you know, Vader just does this. <laughs> starts choking the guy. You're like, wow, that guy's, he's now, you know, you see the a power, transformation right. between yeah. being there than being here. That's pretty mm. cool. Yeah. That's a good perspective. What's it called, Ian? Um, the Dark Lord, Rise of Darth Vader. Hmm. Okay, cool. Well, thank you Very for that cool. insight, Oh, you're Darryl. welcome. Yes. Look forward to... Uh, taking a look at at star wars especially right now because it is holiday heaven at the moment yep we have one 
week or seven days until, remaining until our Christmas. favorite time of the year. Yes. And so if you want to put something under the tree for a Star Wars fan, that's it. Yeah. And something under the, under the tree for the kitties. Yep, I've got that for you. Um, this, we're actually not only talking about this because it's a great book to give to uh, like young adults, but it's also about to come out as a series on Netflix on January 13th. And it was one of my all-time favorite like books that I read as a teenager, a young teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called A Series of Unfortunate Events by Lemony Snicket. And that's actually the pin name for Daniel Handler. Um, and essentially, this has already been a movie, but everybody hated the movie. They only did one movie, and there's 13 books. That's the one thing that I, uh, after reading uh, several of the books and then seeing the movie, they like crammed. They did three, three books, books into, into one, one movie. movie. Yeah. So you lost a lot in the movie. <laughs> well, yeah. And they just kind of really. Okay, so the best part about these books is the dark humor, even. But it's also appropriate for a like it's not inappropriate for children or, you know, if you're one of they 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 almost have to. I feel. Yeah. Don't you? Because the the kids what they're going through is so horrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't laugh, you're gonna cry. Yeah, and so it's the dark humor that catches and like everyone on these books and the original movie that they released did not capture that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so essentially what the entire premise of the 13 novels are is there are three children um, of different ages and one of them's a baby, an infant. Mm-hmm. Um, and they obviously are growing up throughout the, throughout the entire plot, but their parents die in a fire. And it's like the first thing that happens in the first book. They find out their parents just died and they have to go live with their uncle whose name is Count Olaf. And the entire 13 books are about these four main characters, essentially. Now, don't spoil it. I won't. But it's all... So the first book goes into them originally going into Count Olaf, his home, and how horrible he is to them. And it's... But it's funny. Like, Mm -hmm. the entire time he's being funny. And so it doesn't sound like it would be. It's a very, like, serious issue. Um, but they're very intelligent kids. They grew up with parents who are wealthy. And it was um, Olaf played by Jim Carrey in the movie? Yeah, he was okay. in the original movie, but, yeah. Um, so th- very wealthy parents uh, that taught them to read constantly. Yes. Um, they're very, like, in, like, massively intelligent. So the entire book is also, like, part of the dark humor is using big words within mm-hmm. it. Um, and so it, it's also like, so if you have young adults, it's good to have them read because they're learning new vo- vocabulary. Exactly. Um, and it's I just, like how it says absurdist fiction. Yeah, absurdist <laughs> fiction is a great, <laughs> great description. Yeah. And so... One of um, my favorite types. <laughs> you just see... Count Olaf is like horrible to these children and you find out that essentially, and this isn't a plot spoiler, he's trying to get their fortune and so Mm -hmm. the entire 13 books goes they go from they eventually get taken out of count olaf's home and they are they go through these different homes um they find i think a couple other family members or they'll end up going to like just these ridiculous places at points um and each book so is a different place so it's so it's not like they're at 
30 something. Yeah. Right. But the kids places. all stay together in all of yeah. these houses. They okay. mostly, I mean, yeah, but yeah, they stay together and then they find out some interesting things about um, a secret society that Count Olaf is a part of and there's just like all these different like aspects to the plot that makes it like just an interesting read. It's so it's funny. very twisty. It, yes, it, Actually, I'm pretty sure in the opening they call it Twisty Turny, and like, the, like his, yeah, it's just hilarious. And even if you're an adult, they're fun to read. I really enjoyed reading them mm-hmm. as an adult. And the other thing that I find really, really smart is that when you give your child a book, and there's more than one, and they like the first one, they're going to go on to the next one, mm-hmm. and then the next, and the next, and the next. And that's why so many young adults love Harry Potter. And with 13 books, there's so much to love about this particular series. And and if you have a young adult in your life, what a great gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and even if you can't buy all 13. I, they, okay, so the first book was published in 1999, but I believe I was 13 or 14 before I started reading it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was because everybody had kind of heard they were going to begin making a movie. And so it was everyone. I was like a freshman in high school Everyone was reading these. And mm-hmm. so I remember going into the library at the this time and trying to get like r- check out these books. And they had five or six copy- copies of every single one. Mm-hmm. And no one like there were waiting lists. Yeah. And it yeah. was a huge deal. And hi- like when I was. And you know what? This is about to happen again. It's yeah. already happening again because I about a month ago or so, um, one of the girls that we work with at the library, Christy, was telling me about it and told me I should read it. And then watch the Netflix series that's going to come mm-hmm. out, you know, that they were saying. And um, I went to put it on hold at the library, and there was 13 people ahead of me. Wow. Yeah. Right. I've done it that is... before with books at the Metro Libraries. There's You do have to wait. Yeah, and yeah. there's like five or six, or depending on what book it is, mm-hmm. you know. But that's the thing that got me into comic books is, as a kid, I would just look at the pictures. But when I turn, I think I was about eight. 1718 went to the comic book store and picked up Fantastic Four number 347. Even remember which one? Uh, well, it's, it's just it's one of my favorite books. That's the sad you thing. You always is, remember your first love. Well, and well it's just, just, it was, the artwork was awesome. I was and say, I was starting to draw at the artist, time. Yes, that's part of it. And I was like, I read this book, and next thing you know, I'm collecting comics mm. until they became too expensive and i mean i was paying a dollar when i started it was a dollar a book (laughs) and i was hooked every month as soon as i was done reading one i was like holy crap i can't wait till the next one so that's gonna happen oh my god i was like with these books especially because the parents are going to be watching the netflix series Mm -hmm. yes and i mean the kids will too but i mean really seriously anytime you have the opportunity to watch something with your kids that's huge because video and television and movies are such a big part of our children's lives. If you get the opportunity to tie that into a book, mm-hmm. you need to do it. See, yeah. my mom was a librarian growing up, so she was also a teacher. So I don't know exactly how I got hooked into books. It's uh, just that I think with her, we're required to like books. Be, yeah, well, <laughs> with her be being a librarian, we would. My brother and I, my twin brother and I, would just go in there and we'd hang out in the library if we didn't have anything else going on. We'd troll the libraries for just any type of book. 
that yeah. just piqued our interest. And I still do that to this day. And just when I said, you know, going into a library or a bookstore, I'm like, oh, where do I go first? What do they yeah. got? What's new that they got this? I'm going to sit there and want and not have the money for it. <laughs> yeah. And that's the sad thing is there's just so much thing. There's so many books out there I want to get, whether it's comic books, novels, well, that's why you got to get the library, man. Yeah. You know, you standing in line at the library, having we're a what do you call that a uh, when you when you have to have something right now what's that called instant gratification yeah. we are a society of instant gratification mm-hmm. right yeah. and one of the things we need to try to teach our kids is okay sometimes you got to wait yeah and, yeah and sometimes you appreciate it more when you wait right. yeah. now i was you got to wait in yeah. line for right. a library book like yeah. the series of unfortunate events what's number 2 what's the name of number 2 you, oh, okay. So the the entire series is called a series of unfortunate events. The first bit, book is called the bad beginning. Oh yeah, yeah and then yeah, okay. like yeah. yeah. So the and the last one's called the end, which is hilarious. But <laughs> and um, they're short. Yeah, too. They're, they're not long. They're quick reads, especially if you're an adult who's who reads a lot. Um, and I do want to say, not to like hype. I like I am into this Netflix show. <laughs> If you have not seen the trailers, you need to watch it because I was so disappointed in the first one. So the yep. second one, or like, so the, I've you been watching they're... all the trailers. They like they're doing GIF marketing or GIF, however you want to say that, because mm-hmm. I know there's a debate going on about that. But anyways, <laughs> uh, on their Facebook page, like all their marketing stuff is freaking hilarious. Neil Patrick mm-hmm. Harris plays Count Olaf. Yes, and it oh, looks really. I loved Dude, him. <laughs> it looks exactly yeah. how I imagined so, it in my head. So you have to, and say, that's important. It is yes, important. It is important because. It's that tie-in, you know, that tie-in for the kids to go, okay, you want to know more about this world? Here it is. Yeah. And they did not try to save money on this like Good. as a Netflix series. It looks Finally. so much. Yeah, it's amazing. A lot of people are really into those Netflix series. Yeah. So oh, I am. they're Especially starting to make them. Yeah, they're Good making them that. bigger and bigger. But well, I finished The Crown and... They had the to spit the crown. It's about uh, how Queen Elizabeth Queen. became. A, oh, okay. Queen. Was that good? Because I keep looking at that, thinking I need to yes, watch that. It's amazing. You girls watch it in your fiction. most you high it. definition TV because they did like they also did not spare any expense on this show. <laughs> they have like full replicas of the crowns. Really? And they have like it is amazing. They're everything from like on their location to their <laughs> outfits to like everything. See, is I might perfect. just watch just it with the it. sound off just for the outfits. Mm. Oh no, I I love that. You know I love that stuff. So I, I want to watch dress like that today and it not be weird for me is like eh. And it yeah. has that one guy, that one older kind of he played Third Rock of the Third Rock from the Sun a long time ago. He was also oh. the dad in Planet of the Apes. John. What's his name? John Lithgow. Yeah, isn't he in no. that? I don't know who that is. Sorry. John Lithgow. But yeah, anyways. God, did we digress or what? Yeah, we did. Okay, you guys. But come on. Series of unfortunate events. Who wrote that? Uh, Lemony Snicket. Yes. Lemony Snicket. And okay. that is an excellent idea for any young adult or child who is really interested in, especially a precocious child. Yes. Yeah. That precocious, would really be a that's great a big word. What? It's <laughs> a big word. Do you know what it means or do you need me to explain it to uh, no, you? I've heard it before. <laughs> Sorry, I was being a bitch. Well, you know, I ask if if Martha uses a word I don't know. I'm like, what's that mean? <laughs> what's that I mean? Well, Sometimes I do it on purpose, but other times they're just 
having a good vocabulary is nice because then you can explain yourself. If you right, can, but it's just, something. it reminds me of just being in broadcasting school and hearing attenuate for the first time and it's going, what? <laughs> Turn the volume down, attenuate, you know, and then reading people's Facebook and they're using the wrong words like your, 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 oh, there, there, don't there. Don't even get me started. Okay, I have there a was, question. Wait, there's one more. There's, there's one girl, she's using patience as in patient, you know, then the plural of patience is with an S and not patience. Like a T. Well, she's using patience instead of, um, you know, you're showing patience with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's not using that spelling. She's using patience as in like as in- there's a whole ton of patients waiting in the emergency room. <laughs> And I'm like, I give her, I was sitting there going, so what do these patients do to you? I mean, are they mental patients, physical patients, doctor, disabled patients? And she's like, oh, I was like, you're not, you don't no, get they it. Don't. You're it, just, it you're I took a there. picture right after I moved to Oklahoma of a yard cell sign. S-E-L-L, yard cell. You put it I've Friday done that before. <laughs> That's one that I'm done. I'm like, done. you have got to freaking That, that be you've written me. it that way? Yeah, like, come on down to my yard cell. Because <laughs> if you think, like, if you're, like, in a hurry or something and you're like, I'm going to sell something, so I'm going to have a yard cell. Like, that's, I just did it. It sounds on like sell. <laughs> I didn't make sale. a sound. But I think that's. But when that's... you spell it out on a freaking sign. <laughs> and you said you had a question. Acrimonious. What does that mean? I couldn't find it the other day. Acrimonious. Acrimonious. Now you got to oh. put me on the freaking spot. Yeah. I know you what that is. It. It's like when you're angry. Uh, it, where it doesn't go well. Because I tried to look it up, and I don't know if I had the spelling so wrong that Spellcheck didn't pick it up. <laughs> I couldn't get it to come up. And I heard it on a TV program, and I was, you know me, I'm like... Okay, yeah, angry and bitter. Acrimonious. Okay. Like, if things aren't going well, like, in a in a I'm going to have to use that. I'm acrimonious with you. Yeah. Angry or bitter. I'm acrimonious, acrimonious with you. divorce like is what you. I... It was that was the first thing that came okay. to my mind when you now said see it. if you told me that acrimonious divorce I could probably have figured it out because well that's a good way to remember <laughs> most divorces aren't we're happy. off on it again you guys jeez Louise okay okay Nicole did you want to tell us anything else about unfortunate events we kind of took over your your book review I'm sorry about that no I was mostly done just go read it. <laughs> yeah, so it was good. Read it and then and then watch the series. Yes, so read all thirteen before January thirteenth. Ooh, well, is that a that's challenge? Gonna, that's going to depend on if it's back from the library by then. Yeah, that might be a little. I bit actually different. have. Well, I'd have to go to my dad's house and get them, but they're in my closet at my dad's I, house. Okay, do you want to go through our books one more yes, time? Yes, let's go through them one more time. What we read. Okay, I read all the light we cannot see by Anthony Dore. I read Underground Airlines by Ben Winters. And I read Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader by James Luceno. And last but not least is a series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket. Okay, and next week it is Christmas. Yep. Uh, We may have a guest next week. Not quite sure on that yet, but we do have a couple of people in the pipeline that we're going to be talking to, one of which is an author that lives right here in Oklahoma. Just had a conversation with him today, and he sent me some things to read, so I'm very excited about that. He's also a fellow podcaster. Yeah. So, this is going to do it for Three Three Book Book Girls Girls and Daryl.